Welcome back to Mindful Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Anise Kizilbash, founder of Mindful Sales Training. This week, I'm joined by Gil Kahana. He's the co-founder of Chatty Feet. They make funky socks with cheeky characters like the Terminator, Don Cotone, and Kate Middletoe. Can you see a pattern here? They're super cute. Vogue magazine featured Chatty Feet's Kate Middletoe on their Instagram account, and you can also find their artist gift box set in the Tate Modern here in London. It's one of the most popular modern art galleries in the world, so that's a pretty good feat for startup. Get it? Feet, startup, socks. Anyway, Gil, Gil will share how he landed his first major sales. He'll also share a realization that helped their business pivot and thrive. And more great advice to help you soar. So let's head on over to the interview now. Hey, Gil, how are you? I'm good. Hey, hi, Anish. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's great to catch up with you. And I uh, know you guys have been super successful and I uh, just wanted to share your success with some entrepreneurs. So tell, me, Gil, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Chatty Feet and, and why you started your business and what inspired you. Uh, right, so um, I was working for many years as a digital designer and um, got interested to do some of my own project as well. My first project was actually a small cookbook uh, about food that you can take to work. And it was uh, my friend uh, Michiko Nita that uh, suggested that we'll do this book together. And after it sold about 30,000 copies, I was very inspired to create more products. And then uh, the idea to for Chattyfit uh, actually came at a friend's gathering. Uh, we were just having a relaxed conversation. At one moment, I lifted my feet in the air. And uh, I, I asked, what if my sock could talk like a puppet? And uh, to me, that sounds like a really funny idea. And I could see how it can work. And I think at that time in the room, not everybody else thought so. But uh, Umberto, who is uh, today my business partner, really liked the idea too. And uh, we spoke about it and decided to give it a go. Yeah. So the, it's interesting you said not, other, not many other people liked it, but you carried on anyway. What made you carry on even though you heard that outside um, feedback? I think it was just that I think what that's called the vision. I, I just I could see it. I mean, I didn't I didn't mind so much for me. Just having one more person who liked the idea was enough because I just thought I had just such a strong feeling that that could be funny. Yeah. And I guess that you see things that other people can't see at that moment. Maybe when they heard it, they imagined something completely different. So it doesn't really matter what other people necessarily said the first moment before they see prototypes and before they actually try the product because, you know, the idea itself is very light. It's very difficult to imagine what it's going to be. Yeah. And even we didn't know what it's going to be at that point, you know. We, we had to work a lot in order to develop it into something. For example, we didn't know where the character is going to be, where it's going to be produced, all these questions that you only figure out later. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. That's a really good example of switching out off the outside noise and turning up the inside noise of your inspiration. Yeah, exactly. You have to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so how did you land your first client, your you know, business-to-business client? Right. So I was, at that time, uh, we had a product. I was um, looking for shops, uh, physical stores and online stores. And uh, I was trying to find shops that also had other humorous products. 
because I thought that Chatty Fit would fit uh, well next to other products. How did product. you find these shops, by the way? Um, the, the shops, I was just going online and looking for, like, for example, designer gift shops or uh, humorous product gifts, stuff like that, keywords that were related to what we do. Okay. And, and also, often we would hear from friends. Uh, a friend would say, oh, you know, there is this shop in uh, this area. You should try to speak with them. So it was a combination of doing research online and also as living in London, you, once in a while you see a shop that you think that is relevant. Hmm. So um, we send uh, emails uh, to the shops uh, with uh, introduction and some images of our product. And uh, the first shop was uh, it was called uh, the Village Bicycle in Notting Hill. They just did uh, a small order, and everything was managed online. They were just telling us, "Yeah, we like it. Can uh, what are the prices? When can you send it to us?" And I just remember uh, because I was so excited from the first sale, I literally took the socks and went there to give them the, the first batch <laughs> and just to see where they put the product in the shop so I can take a picture and celebrate the first sale. Oh, brilliant. And, uh, and then uh, we also had uh, another important sale in Fennec because we went to a trade show and they saw us. Um, but the interesting thing about these two places, that actually they were not translated to repeated sales. They were just like a one-off. And uh, we had more success in, in websites. So we had a really good sale in a, in a website called fab.com. Mm -hmm. that does uh, what's called flash sales, meaning that they put your product for about three days and you have the chance to sell quite a lot because they have a very large community. And that was the first time that we had a successful sale and we sold, you know, in thousands. And that was very important because it gave us the confidence that if you put the product in the right place, people buy it. So it's important to have this moment to move forward because you have lots of other occasions where you don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. And um, so quickly going back to the Fennec one, the Fennec uh, for our listeners, it's a major, um, uh, what, how would you call it? Um, retail store. Retail store, right? department store in London. Uh, so you saw them at a trade show. What happened in that interaction? Uh, well, in a trade show, they just come and and you know see see the products and they if they like it, they um, ask you some question about it. For example, what will be the price? Uh, what is the lead time? And or, uh, how many how many designs you're offering every year? So you know they just try to learn what you do. And uh, after that, they there was an email um, interaction, and they just uh, agreed to buy from us. Cool. It, didn't, it wasn't it wasn't happening very quickly. It can take a few weeks to months until they actually pay you to get the first um, sale. But uh, it was going on pretty smoothly for us. Okay, so you you were exhibiting at the trade show as opposed to visiting. Yes. Okay, good stuff. So knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? The interesting thing about us is that it took us a very long time to understand that uh, Chatty Fit is not a sock brand and not a fashion brand, but really a gift brand. So people like to buy uh, a product and to give it to someone else. And if I knew this uh, when we started, I would probably approach very different type of shops that are specialized in gifts. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you never you never know these things about your product before you try it out there. So we had to first try different places, and I was contacting at that time a lot of uh, 
shops that were fashion uh, stores, and it wasn't very successful there. So we changed our strategy based on the experience of testing it in different places. Right, right. Okay, and how long did that take for you to come to that realization? I think it took about a year and a half, something like that. It really took a very long time because we just didn't, we didn't know at the beginning. We saw some indication, but we re- it really it takes a long time until you're very clear about that insight. Mm-hmm. And uh, your biggest, I guess that goes on to your biggest sales challenge. So what was your biggest sales challenge and how did you overcome it? Okay, so we, we always thought that... Um, Chatty Fit will work very well for uh, art galleries because the people who go there, they really appreciate design and illustrations. Hmm. And uh, when I think on the first year, we tried to contact uh, Tate Modern. And uh, I remember sending them like a funny email with the, the sock character talking about the Tate logo and stuff like that. And they, and they answered to me and... Um, they said, well, it's a really funny idea, but this is not for us. I was like, ah, okay, you know, didn't work this time. But uh, last year, we created um, we created the collection for especially for art galleries. So it's an art collection with characters like Fitasso, like Picasso, and Andy Soko, like Andy Wall, and so on. And we sent it to them, and they really liked it and decided to stock us there. And it sold out really quickly and was a, a really big success for us. So I think the challenge here was really how to develop a product that, that really helps someone else to sell. And uh, in that case, for Tate, that's the product they needed. You know, they needed something different mm. that work well in their context and uh, we had to work for a long time until we had something that we can offer to them yeah so basically delivering what they need as opposed to what you want exactly yeah so 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 that yeah so it's it's i think we managed to sell it to them because we created a product based on their real needs yeah rather than just giving them yeah you know trying to sell your thing yeah 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 exactly good good okay and so your top tip to get new clients yeah so actually this tip is based on something that you shared with me (laughs) a long time ago (laughs) so that's okay but it's uh, it's about not focusing on what you want to sell but how to help the person you're talking to so uh, in my previous job i was always focusing on users and how to create uh, great experiences on with digital services. And then rather than just coming with ideas from my head, I would try to base them on insight that I got from looking on how people behave. And with sales, uh, you have to learn about the person you're selling to, or what are they passionate about, what's missing at the shop, uh, what is selling well and what is not. And if you're curious, um, I think you'll be able to have this conversation with them and that will help you to come up with products that they would really appreciate and tell you, yes, we would like to stock them at our shop. Mm. Cool. Very good. And, um, and which book has had the biggest impact on your business or life and or life? Same thing okay, you know, so when you're an entrepreneur, you know, whatever you read in life affects your business as well. 
Yeah, well, there, I think there are two that, that uh, I wanted to yeah. mention. So there's one is called uh, The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. Yeah. And uh, that book really helped me to define the right processes for a small company like ours. And what it does is it, it visualizes very well um, that before success, there's usually a failure. And it teaches you to accept this, the failure with grace. And I, I think that when I was reading that book and I read examples about someone else's product that at a certain point didn't really work well, I understood that this is the sort of the normal way of developing something that really works, is that, you know, it doesn't just, you release something and that's it. You release something, you measure a bit, you make some adaptation, like what we did with the artichokes, you know, like finding the right uh, sort of design for the right place. Hmm. So uh, that gave me a lot of confidence to know what does it feel like to develop a product. And then the second book, it's called uh, the, the, the Art of Choosing by uh, Shina Yenga. And uh, also, apart from this book in general, the field of uh, behavioral economics. And uh, this really helped me to understand how people make decisions mm. and how you can apply it to selling products online. And uh, just for one example, understanding why you shouldn't offer people too many choices when you sell stuff, just because they're, they have a limited capacity to... Um, to, to choose, and there's a famous example with the jam, I don't know if you know it, when they're trying to sell people 20 types of jams in the supermarket versus uh, four types of jam, and uh, when there were 20 uh, options, many people came to the store, but not enough people bought it, and when there were four, less people went there, but more people bought it, so it's just... It's a really nice example about why you should be very careful about offering uh, too many choices. Yeah, less is more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant, because then it becomes too much for people to process and they'd rather walk away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks so much. That's, those are all the questions. So thank you for your time. Anis, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having us. Good. Well, I wish you continued success and I'll see you around. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. That's all for this week's edition of Mindful Sales. A few thank yous. Thank you very much, Gil, for taking the time from your busy schedule. And thank you, lovely listeners, for your time too. Really appreciate it. And you can learn more about Chatty Feet uh, on their website, chattyfeet.com. And you can follow Chatty Feet on Instagram and Twitter on at chattyfeet. And I love hearing from you, so get in touch. You can find me on Twitter at AnisQuiz, A-N-I-S-Q-I-Z, or through my website, mindfulsalestraining.net. And if you want more nuggets of wisdom, you can subscribe to my free newsletter. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. So until next week, focus on what your customers need instead of what you're trying to sell. Okay, I look forward to hanging out with you next week. Until then, this is Anise Kisselbash from Mindful Sales Training signing out. Ciao for now.